and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Joe Lazone. I'm with my good, good buddy, Dr. Sean Harris. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It's a great day to be on the podcast, for sure, especially because we have two other very, very, very special guests on the podcast today. You this guys want true. to go ahead and introduce yourselves again real quick for everybody on the podcast? Yeah, so I'm Rachel. Um, I'm also on the podcast. Um, I am currently a P3 student at UF Cop Orlando, and I am the Student National Pharmaceutical Association president at the Orlando chapter. And um, yeah, that's me. So hi, it's Alvin. So I'm a third year, also third year pharmacy student from the Orlando campus at UFCOP. I'm currently an e-board for IPHO, and I'm also part of APHO chair for OTC Med Safety, along with team lead for IPHO research. Yeah. Good to have I feel you like they're way more impressive than I was as a student. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad you guys are really getting involved in, in the school and with these different leadership positions and roles. And I know you all recently have uh, completed your hippies too. So you kind of got some more experience and we kind of wanted this episode to, to be really a catch up to have our listeners get to know what Alvin and Rachel are thinking. What are they up to now? And so to start off, can we just start by recapping your hippie experience and then we'll kind of transition to where you are now and what you're thinking in the future. So um, how was your hippie experience, Alvin? Um, my hippie experience overall was great. Uh, I did it at Avon Health Tampa back in Tampa, Florida, where my family's from. So I moved back home for a little for the summer just so be able to go back and like, you know, spend time with family. But overall, it's great. You know, I was able to go back to my hometown, basically, and see how the hospitals run. It was like right, it was right on Fletcher's, right behind USF. And it was honestly quite an experience. Like I was in the ER shadowing and like, you see a lot of crazy things in the hospital, but honestly, it was a great experience overall. I learned a lot and honestly made quite a few connections. And to say, I still keep up with my connections over there. And some of them I consider my mentors now to the pharmacists over there in Avon Health Tampa. Um, so you said the ER or the ED, um, what other areas did you get to gain some experience in? Uh, so I, I did also did some, you know, did some shouting, some management. Also did went to ICU, cardiac places, just basically went around the hospital, looking at different things, how the hospital is running, like what pharmacist in each section of the hospital. It was really, it was really cool, like just being able to see and explore, like see different parts and have pharmacists be like run different parts of the hospital. And it also shows us how integral we are integral we are to the healthcare system how we can contribute to patient care yeah definitely and, and having a broad experience like that really helps you kind of figure out different roles in pharmacy that you might be interested in or you realize just isn't for you and during this experience did that happen at all um to be honest it did open my eyes to a lot of things and I, a lot of things i saw i did not expect but i would want to say I, I don't see myself in hospital i can see myself but at the same time i also Look, at, I'm also keeping myself open to other avenues of pharmacy. So if a hospital is something on my list, I wouldn't say it's a top priority, but it's something I have taken into consideration before, though. Well, thank you for sharing with us. So, Rachel, what about you? Or, excuse me, President Rachel, uh, what about you? <laughs> so my experience at Advent Health East was really good. Um, I just want to, like, preface this in saying that if I hadn't had a hospital job before starting my hippie, it would have definitely been a culture shock because I'm totally just not used to the hospital experience. So thankfully I had a job um, at Leesburg Regional Medical Center, 
starting in March. So I had about three months experience in the hospital, um, and operations. So with starting my hippie, which is pretty much what you're doing on your hippie is operations, you know, introduction. So it pretty much was the same stuff I was already doing at work. So that's pretty nice that I got to focus more on the pharmacist side of things. Um, and I really liked my rotation at East because I wasn't only with the pharmacy staff. I actually, um, my preceptor, um, linked me up on different days. So I got to shadow the pick team. So they are the ones that, you know, if a nurse can't insert the lines themselves, they call the pick team. If it's like for really um, difficult, um, patients, I got to shadow a hospitalist one day. So the doctor, one of the doctors, and I also got to shadow, um, the respiratory team and they were in the ICU. So, um, I watched them do like ABG readings, um, for people who are on a vent and especially with COVID that's pretty prevalent right now, especially in the ICU. So, um, and then in terms of shadowing pharmacists, I got to shadow a few in different areas some in the main staffing area. And then I got to go out into the floors on a couple other times. So one of the pharmacists there, she um, was in charge of more like internal med stuff. So like uh, diabetes, like I think she came up with the glycemic management protocols at East. Um, and I also got to shadow a pharmacist for heme onc. And um, yeah, so I had a lot of great opportunities there. I also got to shadow in their IV room um, for sterile compounding and they have dosage and Leesburg is kind of outdated and we don't have dosage yet. So now that I kind of like got to see that, I think when we get it, hopefully soon, cause we're actually transitioning to Epic in May. So that'll be really exciting instead of using Cerner cause it's kind of a mess, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. that's really exciting. So yeah, I really liked it. It's cool. So you also had a very broad experience as well. Is there anything that you realized that wasn't for you during that experience? I definitely didn't rule anything out. Um, I liked what everyone, like what the pharmacists I was shadowing, I liked all the stuff they were doing. There are a few mainstays I think that all pharmacists do. Um, for example, if you know they'd caught up in all their work and going on rounds, I did like going on rounds too. Um, they would, you know, if they were caught up with everything, they would just jump in the queue and help do order entry. So that was a pretty much, you know, common thing that they were all doing. So I wouldn't say I would, you know, cross out any of the specialties for now. Uh, they were all pretty interesting. Was there any that you really enjoyed kind of have an interest in career wise? Yeah, I liked Hemonk um, for like what I did get to see out of it. I think it's, I still have a very, you know, um, um, surface level understanding of that. Um, so I do have rotations coming up that are going to be more focused on that. So I'll get to see if that's something that is interesting or not. And I also liked the glycemic management stuff because especially with insulin dosing, you kind of got to help calculate those. And to me, that's kind of like a puzzle. It's more fun to kind of like navigate the patient's insulin regimen. So that was pretty interesting, I thought. But other than that, everything else was like, I wouldn't not want to do it, but it didn't really like, you know, stick out to me like, Ooh, like ding, ding, ding winner. Like, this is what I want to do. That's awesome. I, I also had a pretty broad experience during my hippie. And I think that only helps you grow as a student. And then eventually as a, as a pharmacist and identifying what careers you want to do, um, what careers you're not as much of a fan of. It's not like you don't like it, but you just feel it may not be the best fit for your skills and what you're good at. 
And I'm glad you're able to have such a broad experience, both of you, because sometimes I know some individuals as students, they get a very limited hippie experience. And that can really depend on the hospital system that you get chosen for you. So that's great to know. That's great to know. And Sean, did, did you have any questions? No, I was just really happy that like they both had like a pretty insightful hospital experience. And um, I definitely agree like kind of more like what Rachel was talking about, that it can be more of a culture shock if that's your first ever hospital experience. And maybe like you end up taking like that week and a half, like maybe like like half a year experience there, like actually really like taking it in before like you it becomes like more of a like a, a natural place for you to be at, you know, like where you're, you're you kind of have to catch up on like the day-to-day activities and stuff like that. So I really think that's awesome that you were able to, you know, already have experience and kind of just, you know, be ahead of the curve and figure out like specialties and areas that you want to further pursue. And it looks like that that's something you're doing with your future um, APPE rotation. So that's exciting. So I'm excited for the future holds for both of you. But going into the more academic side of things, um, like kind of going after like this third year pharmacy school, can you guys briefly go over like, how this, I know it's just the first semester, but how, is it, how has it been in comparison to maybe first and second year? I know we've done pretty much a podcast episode with you guys, seeing how every single year is going. So I'm really interested in the progression of not only like maybe like your coursework, but maybe like how you feel like in terms of like your careers and um, just like any insights that you have in this pharmacy journey so far. So excited to hear from y'all. Let me know what's going on. Yeah, so I think it was interesting like I honestly, I'll probably like re-listen to our first episode because I'm probably going to sound like a whole different person (laughs) from back then because like we hadn't taken any of the patient care classes yet. So I honestly was just brand new to everything. And then, you know, now we've gone through, I think the majority of the patient care, you know, we've covered, we started with, I, well, first it was over the counter patient care one, and then it was ID, um, some random like cancer stuff. And then all the cardio, pulmonary, renal, um, then women's health and diabetes. And then we took a little break from that this year um, at the start of our fall semester and did more like patient safety and research oriented classes. And now we're in patient care six. So that's pain and dermatology related material. So since our first episode together, it's been a whirlwind. (laughs) to say the least <laughs> we've definitely it's like a roller come. coaster <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so it's definitely been crazy I personally I think sec every year was just so different like I didn't anticipate second year going the way it did and I think COVID had a lot to do with that I think things would have been a whole lot different if we were in person doing those classes, I'm kind of thankful that we were at home, honestly, like it was kind of nice, <laughs> but now like we're back to being in person and it's not that bad, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah, no, going off Rachel said like definitely second year, like I'm, like I'm sure everyone, a lot of our classmates can agree. It was really nice being able to be online and be home and take those courses. But for me, third year kind of start off, it was like, it's like going on a roller coaster going up just gradually gets busier and busier because like third year is a different kind of busy like second year well for, let's start first year first year you were just you're new to your new campus you're like the baby you know everything's being thrown at you you're like 2015 student orgs like coming at you say hey join us or join this and do this do that and it's like you're being pulled left and right and then two years starts it's like getting smacked by a wall with patient care after patient care patient care and then 
three PD year. Now we're like, you can say we're on top of the food chain. We're dealing with orgs on top of class, on top of project. It's just a different kind of busy. It's just right. We're, we still feel like we're being pulled left and right, but it's, we're managing it. But overall it's, I, I personally like it. Like it's a change of pace. It's a great way for me to reflect back and look back. It's like, wow, we've, we've came so far and we've grown so much since one PD year, since our first episode, we've, I'm sure if we listen right now, I'd be like, wow, that's a whole different person right there. <laughs> no, definitely. And I'm glad you guys sort of touched on like the two different aspects of what you really have to worry on in pharmacy school. Like you talked about like, like the academic, like course load, but then you also talked about like really like as you become more, um, as you progress through the, your pharmacy career, through pharmacy school, like your third year, you're managing all these organizations. And that's just a whole nother like bunch of responsibilities that you're picking up so i definitely think you guys are both really really highly involved and things like that and it's really interesting to like see your progression and really hear like how these different years have been to y'all so thank you guys for that Joe, yeah you have I actually, yep. What's that? sorry uh, so no you're good i um was thinking to myself like reflecting on you know the past couple years and i think first year i was pretty dead set on extracurricular involvement. And so I, you know, did all those leadership positions in my second year. And then at the end of that, I was like, you know what, I think I just need to shift my focus more to like career goals. So that's when I started really looking for like a hospital job to get exposure there and kind of take less of the leadership roles, especially with like the organizations and kind of just focus more on um, you know, working more and doing like select leadership positions that matter and where I can put the most effort in instead of being spread too thin. So that's why I'm only now just the president of SNAFA. And of course, in this podcast, that's really the only two leadership positions I have right now. And, um, you know, through work, I've already gotten through um, a couple of projects. So I did a gap analysis for, you know, opioid related um, like opioid stewardship committee that they're just starting out over there, but we actually had a cyber attack in the summer. So that kind of set us back a little bit. So the whole hospital was like, we didn't have any, um, like Mars, like no online systems for anything. So actually my boss is writing a, um, paper that we all got to write in as well and contribute. So I'm actually going to be published, hopefully fingers crossed, we just submitted our manuscript for um, publication. That's really exciting. So I'm focusing more on things like boosting other parts of my CV essentially that aren't leadership because I'm trying to, you know, not have, you know, I'm going to turn in my CV when I apply and it's going to be like all leadership. Like I'm trying to avoid that and have things in different areas. So that was something at the end of my second year that I was like, okay, I need to just like shift directions and try to explore other opportunities besides leadership. So besides yeah. academia, that was something I wanted to focus on personally. Yeah. And I think it's definitely smart to have your CV be as well-rounded as possible, especially when programs, when it comes to residencies, I'm not sure about fellowships, but I'm, if I had to bet my money, I'm sure it's probably similar to a residency where they have like a ranking uh, type of system to determine which candidates that they um, will rank. And because of that, it's helpful to be well-rounded, to have different things that could check off their boxes because you never know what qualifications they have at those locations. So what are some of the things that you felt was lacking 
on your CV and what are some of the things you're doing to help fulfill that? And that goes for you as well, Alvin. So for me, it was more um, like competitions, conferences, things like that. I literally just had no experience in up until like this year. Um, you know, I had a lot of leadership stuff on my plate and on my CV, but I didn't have, you know, this year I competed in the clinical skills competition. So there is one thing that I can put. I'm also going to look into the PNT one. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then research was also lacking. So I'm really thankful that um, my uh, operations coordinator at work is like really keen on getting us opportunities for research and projects and things like that. So I've already like been on three projects already. Um, we're actually, we were going to present at PNT for, we're doing like a literature review on phosphoprepotin and um, post-operative nausea and vomiting, but the um, PNT presentation got delayed. So hopefully we can still present on that. Cause I think that's pretty uncommon that pharmacy actually gets to present at a PNT. So that was something really um, unique that I want to have on my CV. So just things like that through work that, you know, I've already had, you know, like I said, like almost three projects now that I didn't, I started with zero. So, you know, that's something that I actively, you know, took advantage of when he offered me those. What about you, Alvin? Yeah. So for me, like I pretty much started gearing toward like starting third year uh, or technically second year, I really started gearing my CV and my, my stuff towards a more industry base. So I've been taking on different roles, like in industry specifically, such as like, well, one, I'm e-board for IPHO, professional, ch ch professional chair. And I'm um, also recently just became team lead for um, IPHO Research Showcase. I'm, uh, I'm the team leader of Metafairs. So pretty much we, for Metafairs, are focused on developing evidence-based information regarding uh, medications, and also networking with different um, people in industry, reach on different MSLs. Also took on a project myself, which I did back in beginning of this year with uh, Dr. Hoopengar, uh, pretty much teaching med students about uh, pharmacogenomics, pretty much building my skills and like how to talk to people, how to build relationships, pretty much put myself out there doing things I normally wouldn't do. But one of the biggest things that really helped me was pretty much just initiating and processing, getting myself involved in different leadership or stuff. And, just taking on things I traditionally would have done. So adding on these new activities to your plate, how have you all been handling time management while still having to deal with school and work? Well, so for me, time management, oh man, it's, <laughs> it gets to, it gets to the point where I'm counting every minute in my day. Like I kind of have like parts of it blocked off, like just say, okay, from one to two, I'm going to write, I'm going to send out emails, do my work stuff. And from two to six, I'm going to go to the gym, just have everything listed out. And what, that, that's what helps me most. Like I find satisfaction just from writing down everything I need to do in a day on a sticky note and just crossing off when I'm done with it, just to give myself, you know, feel like I, I'm doing something. But that's been what's motivating me, just like, you know, having things sectioned out and on a time block just so I can keep myself organized and not feel drowned. Because like at the end of the day, there's so much stuff we have going on. But I feel like if I have everything listed out in, in a neat manner, just, you know, going through it, I honestly, I'm managing, but <laughs> that's the best I can do at the moment. Gotta stay afloat. Gotta find a way to stay afloat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always got to do that. No, but like, I like, I, I think it's very interesting. Like, you guys are talking about like a shift where you have like a lot of these organizational roles where you're learning like a lot of good skills that will help prepare you for like your career in the future. But like, you guys are really actively seeking like, 
opportunities to really gain career experience. So I think that's a really good shift. Like y'all are definitely maturing and uh, high you guys are getting more high quality experiences towards preparing you to be a good pharmacist. So I think y'all are well on the way. How is like time management going to be, Rachel? Um, it's been pretty rough. You know, I've been thinking about it recently because, um, you know, first year I was like adamant about 6 a.m. going to the gym, regardless of what was going on. Even if I had an exam at like 8.30, like I would still try to go. And part of me just kind of misses that life because as soon as second year started and I had all those leadership positions, I just... I was still able to maintain some of that, but some of it did end up getting lost because I just had so much on my plate that, you know, sleep became more of a priority than, you know, going to the gym because that was like an extra like two hours that I could get, you know? So, you know, if I was up studying till 11 and then I'd have to be up at five and then to start, you know, other lectures and things like that, or go to class at eight 30, it just became a lot harder to, fit in the things that I wanted to do in my day, because if I didn't get what I needed to get done, you know, I would miss the deadline and that wasn't an option for me. So every year has been different. I think second year for the first half of it, I was doing really well. And then towards the end, spring semester just got so rough and a lot of things in my personal life changed. Like I moved and, um, you know, I had like a couple of health issues going on and things like that. So things changed and it was really hard to keep that same schedule that I was doing. And now my third year, it's kind of the same like mode that, you know, it's really hard for me to fit into my day, the things that I personally like to do. And especially with all the projects that I've had. And on top of that, it's just a lot of like, in the beginning of the semester, there was like four classes we were in that were just so random. And it would like threw me back to first year. And I was like, how did I do this in first year? I have like four classes at once. Like I hated that. Like I honestly just liked how we have patient care as one class and that's it. So like the beginning of the semester was rough. It was really hard for me to like manage my time in terms of like managing my projects and keeping up with like the different classes. Cause they're all so similar. I was like, what class am I studying for again? Like they're literally the same material. So <laughs> that was like a little, um, you know, crazy there, but you know, now that I'm in that one class mode again, it, it's getting a little bit easier to manage my time um, and, you know, devote my time to things other than just school and projects and work. And I also like one week, I know I worked like 40 hours because I was IV room training. So I was like, I don't know why I did this to myself. <laughs> it was like right after an exam or something. It was the week after our law final. It was like that week I went into, I took an exam at eight 30 and I went into work after that for a whole eight and a half hours. And then the whole week I worked like two more days after that. And then I worked the weekend. So it was already five days out of like that whole week. So it's just been a lot. Like I have so many things I need to do, but I just like get mad at myself sometimes. Cause I'm like, I wish I could just be like how it was first year and not really have responsibilities, you know? Yeah. How do you do it, Rachel? How? <laughs> yeah, I would I would say, um, hopefully I remember, I'm gonna give you four pieces of advice. Um, hopefully I remember them all. <laughs> One is to definitely be nice to yourself. So I think as people, we always get pretty harsh on ourselves when we don't accomplish or do as well as we like. 
but we should always talk to each other as if we are talking to a friend. So we should talk to, whenever we're talking to a friend and when they have a tough issue, we always talk to them as kind as possible. And we try to be very supportive and give positive energy to them. And that's how we should be talking to ourselves. It makes no sense for us to be hard on ourselves when we can just talk positively and talk in a manner to where we can be encouraging to ourselves that, hey, as long as we're still breathing, we have a chance to change and we have a chance to improve and we have a chance to be better. So that's one thing I would recommend you do. I love what Alvin mentioned. That's something that I do at times. And today I was supposed to do it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> was write down and like stick to your schedule. So like write down certain hours of your day. Like, hey, this is my dedicated gym time. This is my dedicated email time. This is my dedicated phone time. This is my dedicated time with my significant other. Whatever it is, like slot those times in and schedule it into your day. It sounds, it doesn't sound fun basically. Because now you're kind of like forcing these things and this, that, it's like you're scheduling it. It's not as spontaneous or as you may want your life to be. But when you schedule it, you realize you really make it regimented and it makes it easier because your body and your mind knows, hey, I am focused on this sole thing, this sole task for this hour, or this 30 minutes or these next 15 minutes. So that way you can lock in and focus and get your work done. And when you think about it, that's actually something a lot of celebrities do in order to get their work done within a day. They have a um, somebody that schedules schedules them. So they have a planner or a scheduler and they have assistance to make sure they meet their goals, that they meet, hey, you have to be here and do your interview for an hour and a half. You can't stay longer than this because now you have to go over here and do an interview for an hour, whatever the case may be. So that's something that has, that has been proven to be beneficial for people. And something I would recommend you do is to kind of give yourself a slotted time. And it doesn't have to be the same time each day. Maybe today, um, you'll work out at night and then the next day you work out in the afternoon, whatever the case may be, but just slot out that time and make sure to schedule every time of your day and just stick to it. Another thing, which is one of my favorite words and I always recommend to other people is delegate because you'll never have enough time within a day to do everything you want to do. Trust me. So it could be very beneficial to delegate to others responsibilities. Um, since you are a president of a club, maybe there's some things you can create a position for or delegate to the vice president or the treasurer or the secretary, et cetera, et cetera, to do certain activities. So that way it's not always falling on you and it becomes a collective effort and you can focus on more of the presidential duties that you need to um, focus on, for example. That's something that is also very beneficial. And I think we're hesitant to delegate because we're so used to doing things by ourselves. Um, whether it's like, there could be a group project, but you might be the type of person to just do it all by yourself. <laughs> and then the group just gets credit, you know? And that's something that you'll learn over time and you'll get more comfortable with doing it once you start doing it. So I would recommend you start it now, being a president to kind of delegate, delegate tasks and just hold your council accountable um, to see whether or not they can meet the goals and the deadlines that you set. And then the fourth thing I would say is the word no should be one of your favorite words because a lot of times we say yes to things and then we overwork ourselves and then the next thing you know you're burnt out and that's why you start to hear more and more people mentioning that they're burnt out in pharmacy and we should probably do an episode about that and I think a big reason why is because we've been trained at a young age to say yes to new experience to always say yes you don't want to say no because what if it never happens again now you get all these different activities that you have to do but it's like all right what about me time what about my time for going to the gym what about my time to study what about 
my time to be a president? What about my time to do these different extracurricular activities? What about the time to spend with my, my parents or my siblings or uh, my significant others, my cousins, aunts, uncles, et cetera? You know, a lot of times we don't say no, and that just actually becomes a, a bigger problem for us than a benefit. And that's something I would also recommend is if you have too much on your plate, you know, just politely say no, like, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I just don't have the time right now. And because of that, I don't want this to be something where I don't put in my best effort. So I think it'd be best if you have another student or another worker um, or one of our coworkers work on this project instead of me at this time. Definitely don't be afraid to say no um, if you are already overworked and have too much going on. Because if you keep saying yes, nobody's going to know you're overworked. <laughs> you know, that's something that <laughs> you kind of got to build that resiliency within yourself to realize when you've reached your limits and when you have it. And that comes with time too. And, um, you know, like I said, just be nice to yourself. Anybody listening, this isn't just to Rachel. This is, I'm speaking to myself as well. That's something I think everybody struggles with. Just be nicer to ourselves. Don't be as hard. And just, you know, look at the minor minor improvements that we can make each day and just strive for that. Because that's all we can do is, is continue to improve the best that we can. And time management is something that if you ask anybody, they'll tell you it is a daily battle. It's not something that you ever overcome and you're like, oh, I've had great time management for a week. I've solved it. No, that's something that every day you're fighting. So that's something that is an everyday battle. And some days you might win and some days you might lose. And that's okay because we're not perfect. We're all just human at the end of the day. So there's always the next day to where you can strive to be better than the day before. And that's all anybody can really ask for. To your second point, I think, you know, even what Alvin talked about with writing things down, I also do that. But my problem is like some like a personality trait of mine and something I struggle with is if I'm in my allotted time, say like I'm at the gym, you know, from four to five, that's all I have for the day. And I get a text message, you know, from a fellow colleague or, you know, someone in the org that's, you know, asking me a question, it's like, I literally cannot help myself, but to answer their question and like, stop what I'm doing and interrupt my day to like answer their question. Because it's not that I feel like a bad person if I don't, but I know that someone is waiting on me for something. So then that just takes more time. And since, you know, being present, you're that go-to person for that. So it's like, people ask you questions, you know, all the time about, Oh, am I doing this right? Or, you know, I need help with this. So, and it's always like unpredictable in terms of like, you never know when someone's going to text you and be like, Hey, can you help me with this? So I think that's like something I'm still adjusting to. And I think, I'm not sure if that's always going to be how it is, but just being in the president role right now, I think I'm just still trying to adjust to being the go-to person because I've never been a president of anything before. So I've always been one of those people that's like reaching out to the person above so it's kind of, I'm finding it difficult personally to be that person that's the go-to for questions of, you know, all things related to NAPA. So. Yeah. And I, I, I totally get what y'all are saying. Cause like the way I see life right now, especially on a day-to-day basis, like every day, for instance, you're given 25 eggs, but you have 50 baskets to fill. So the question you got to ask yourself now is which basket are you going to put the eggs in? Which what basket is more important to you? What needs to be done that day? And like, like I'm, I try to do everything in my day. And if I don't complete everything on my list, I start beating on myself mentally. Like I'm my own biggest critique, but the part of me that I've had to try to tell myself, look, 
there's only so much limited time and there's only so many things you can do that if you're going to invest your time, invest in something that's valuable and that's going to get you further in life. And like for, for you, Rachel, I know like your being present is so important to you. So I totally get it. Like you're pretty much putting a lot of your eggs in that one basket because that's what's running your life. And I, and I, I get that for me, it's like mostly it's my industry connections, like trying to maintain my lifestyle with, with school and work. But like it comes to a point where you just look, you look at your list, you're like, Oh crap. I haven't, I haven't done the last 10, five items on my list. Like what am I going to do now? But I only have two hours left in my day. That's the part where you have to take a step back and, and be like, relax. You've done so much already. There's only so many, so many hours in a day. You just got to pat yourself on the back and just say, Hey, look, there's a new day tomorrow. We're going to get it done. Just don't beat yourself up because you're, there's always a next chance and you're already doing the best you can. And sometimes you got to be your own motivator. And that's the hardest thing to do is being able to motivate yourself and keep yourself going at the end of the day. Cause that's who you have at the end of the day. It's just you. I completely agree with that advice, Alvin. And that, that's the beauty I would say of being optimistic and having a positive personality because no challenge can truly defeat you, you know, and you can still look at the next day as an opportunity to grow and be better. And that's all we can really do at the end of the day is just keep trying to be better, keep trying to improve our skills, our knowledge, um, whether it's trying to expand things to be more rounded for your CV, uh, trying to do more within pharmacy to stand out, trying to gain more clinical um, experience and whatnot. So that's all anybody can really ask for. And I'm glad that both of you are doing it. And to anybody listening um, that wants advice on time management or on ways to kind of help and stand out, feel free to reach out to any of us. Uh, we would definitely like to help you in any way uh, that we can. So definitely don't be shy. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Instagram at Capsule Production. Our link tree is there. You can contact us there on Facebook. Um, contact us from there on our Facebook or Instagrams, whatever the case may be, whatever is most comfortable for you. Um, feel free to reach out. We'll definitely try to discuss these things that we're talking about now with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis to kind of really suit you and your needs. To kind of transition going from this, where do y'all kind of see your careers headed now? So I've heard Alvin kind of talk about industry. I've heard you, Rachel, talk about the clinical setting. So I'm assuming you're thinking residency and I'm assuming Alvin's kind of thinking fellowship, not saying that's it, you know, not saying those are your sole focus, but that's kind of where you're leaning towards. Is that safe to say? Yeah. So pretty much I liked, I, I'm so far, I'm really leaning towards looking for a fellowship in industry. Um, but pretty much I'm not trying to close uh, any doors and I'm trying to remain open to all opportunities as much as possible. But as of right now, yes, my number one goal is getting a fellowship in industry, uh, preferably being MSL. I, I love like, but what they do is like, you know, they go out, they interact with key opinion leaders in the field, like understanding their needs and trying to help develop clinical strategies to help benefit the patient, also facilitating research and educating residents and fellows. Like, I love that kind of stuff, being able to go out, um, build and maintain relationships, be able to go out and network with people. Like, that's something I've always wanted to do. And something I've kind of been doing my entire life is going around talking to people and also helping educate individuals. Like that, to me, I, I love that kind of stuff, be able to go out and interact with everyone. But I'm also still open to the idea of like having residency in hospital and also I'm open to retail pharmacy as well. Like I recently picked up a job at Publix Pharmacy and it's honestly has been one of the greatest experience. Like having um, my pharmacist, Mikel and Greg, like they're both really influential leaders. Like they've been teaching me, taking me under the wing, like how to be a good pharmacist, how to be 
overall a good human being. I'm honestly very grateful for all these opportunities. Okay, so MSL fellowship, I love it. I think industry is really intriguing. And I know we have Patrice uh, that you kind of connected me to. Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, great guy. And it was great talking to him. But I would like to have more industry connects. So hopefully (laughs) you do go that route and you could be uh, one of Sean and I's connects in industry if we ever (laughs) want to go that route. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got my number. Hit me up whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. And then what about you, Rachel? What are you thinking career-wise? Yeah, so I um, so I think in my in the episode from our first year, I think I remember saying, I was just thinking about this. I was like, I think I remember saying that I didn't even want to do hospital, like at all. I was like, I don't know what that even is. <laughs> and that's why even in my first year when everyone was applying for the Advent internship or ORMC, I was like, I don't want to apply for that because I don't even think I want to work there. And then you know, the way they structure our program is second year is, you know, second and third year is a lot more focused on the hospital setting. So, you know, I started getting into those courses and saying, okay, well, you know, I could really see myself doing this because first year, the first couple of classes you take, it's like managed care more and, you know, PBMs, things like that. And I was like, wow, that's actually like kind of interesting. And I was leaning more towards that, I believe. And I even remember talking on um, that first episode with Alvin about pharmacogenomics and how interested we were in that. And um, because we had just learned about it because we were taking like that one um, PDTI, I think. So we've like been heavily focusing on that. So, you know, from there, I was, you know, thinking about all my options and then getting a job in a hospital has kind of consolidated me wanting to go the residency route. And honestly, I kind of had a realization a few months ago um, because I still have my job at CBS. Um, so I work there from time to time, um, very rarely. But I had a realization. I'm like, these pharmacists, you know, no shade at retail at all. But they're basically working from almost like a blank slate because like you just you don't even have lab values to look at, you know, when you're at CBS or Walgreens, like patients don't bring those to you. Patients don't know what their lab values are. And for me, I only would feel comfortable like making those kinds of recommendations, like in a hospital setting where you have access to all that information and like the EMR and the EHR. It's like, I don't know how retail pharmacists do it, honestly, because I just never even, you know, thought about it before, you know, until I started thinking about career options. So you know, being in that hospital setting, I just feel like, I guess more safe, you know, as I started learning more about like my license and how like we have to protect our license and, you know, practice within our license. So I was just thinking about, you know, all those factors and taking that into consideration with the career that I pick. So I feel like being in a hospital, you know, you have other pharmacists around you and you have people who are part of like an interprofessional team who are always kind of like serving as checks and balances. So I really like that aspect of like the hospital and like the clinical pharmacy, which is why I'm kind of leaning more towards a residency. And I also feel like in a residency, you're kind of, you know, working with other residents and pharmacists and you're like being trained to like encounter any potential you know, problems and, you know, situations that you wouldn't know how to navigate, like when you, if you're just thrown into it. So that's why I'm looking more towards, you know, clinical and residency. 
Yeah, and that's something where I think your story is a true story of how rotations, your hippies, your hippies, all of that can really come into play in your career choices because you can come in thinking one thing, then after some experiences, completely change your mind as you continue to grow as a person and grow within this profession, you start to realize different things that you enjoy and different things you appreciate about it. And maybe what you first thought was your interest is something you still like, but it's not something you love enough that you would like to make your career. So there's nothing wrong with that to anybody listening. I think sometimes people struggle with realizing that what they said they wanted to do isn't what they actually believe they should be doing deep inside. And that's okay. It's okay to change. It's okay to have a, a different opinion on things and to kind of pursue a different path coming in. I know for myself, I was thinking probably compounding when I first came in and, and now I'm leaning towards Amcare. So everybody's different and that's perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. And maybe next year things change again, Rachel, who knows? <laughs> and just be open to change, enjoy all your experiences and then you'll just let time tell you and kind of reveal your passion for what you're Sean, any last minute questions? I just really like the progression of both their stories. Um, I think that they're kind of in areas I thought initially I was like, you know what? I think they're both going to wind up here. Like some instance of this, <laughs> like Alvin, like really interesting, like pharmacogenomics. I was like, maybe some industry route. And then Rachel, I was like, you know what? She has some traits. Like I think she'd really be good in a hospital. And, you know, like they both wind, wind up, I guess, wanting to pursue that currently. And I think they're both on great paths and really like the progression of really just like from the first conversation we really had with them. But I guess at this standpoint, I'm really curious, what are you guys looking forward to most during your APPE rotations next year? Because that is coming up. <laughs> like it's, it's going to be sooner than you think. So what are you looking most forward to in these rotations? And then what are you wanting to gain out of these experiences? So for me, it's going to be um, like, we learned so much information in school and I've even had professors say this to us, like, I'm not going to name anyone because they probably don't want me to quote them. But, you know, some of them have said like so much of what they learned in pharmacy school was fluff and getting to the real like job experience and using like select pieces of information of like what you're actually going to apply for your job. That's something that you can't get in pharmacy school. So being on rotations and, you know, shadowing pharmacists, you're going to see what you're actually using from what you learned in pharmacy school. And stuff that you probably didn't even learn in pharmacy school. You're probably just going to learn it when you're there on site. So that's something I'm really looking forward to because it seems to me like a little daunting, um, especially when we have assignments like a medication list assignment where, you know, you're assessing drug therapy problems and you're literally thinking of every possible situation. But in real life, you know, a lot of the times people, you know, it's not really necessary to, you know, think about all those things. So that's something that I'm like really looking forward to learning is just practical pharmacy experience and applying that to like my own profession, um, especially, you know, in rotations and residency, because I think there is a discrepancy and I understand why, you know, in the program, we have to be taught everything. We have to be taught to think of every single option because, you know, it gets us to think about, you know, what could be happening with the patient, but, you know, sometimes, it's just not the same as what you're actually going to be doing in a job. And honestly, every job is different too. You know, every specialty is different. Their workflows are different. So I'm just excited to like find out what kind of careers are out there. Cause I feel like right now I'm just observing 
how my work hospital is like, you know, every pharmacist is different in terms of how they do their work. And so I'm kind of excited to see and like pick up my own habits and like, you know, workflow styles that I like. So that's something I'm like really looking forward to when I start rotations. Yeah. So for me, I'm pretty much kind of what Rachel said, like, I'm really excited to actually start APPs and being able to see like what we've learned in school and how it's actually being applied in practice and being able to like see how pharmacies run day-to-day aspects and also being able to be exposed to different avenues of pharmacy. Cause like you can only get learned so much and see so much in a classroom setting, whereas like being out there in the actual setting in the real world setting where you see how these drugs and how these pharmacists are actually helping these patients firsthand. Like that's, that's something you cannot teach in a classroom. That's something I'm really excited to look forward to and being able to interact with other pharmacists and different, you know, leaders in the field and basically learning from them, like what made them successful as pharmacists or how they got to where they are and just being able to get that knowledge and being able to interact with that. That to me is like one thing I'm really looking forward to. And of course the experience that comes with it, like that's honestly, that's invalid. That's so valuable to me. Yeah. And that's something that, is honestly just the whole point of rotation. You know, to really get a valuable experience to really help you kind of determine which route you want to go. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to be some fun times. It's going to be some tough times because you probably have a lot of work to do. <laughs> but um, it's a bit of adjustment working about 40 hours a week. Um, and then if you also have work, uh, which I know both of you do, outside of that, it can be kind of tough um, picking up shifts on the weekend and whatnot. But it's going to be a great experience. I honestly do think you'll learn your most during rotations, and that's going to be a great time for you to really hone in on some clinical knowledge and on different experiences and to really help you help guide you in your career and figuring out what you want to do or maybe what you want to do later on in life. Maybe there's something that you realize, like, hey, I like this, but maybe, for example, admin may not be for you right now. You want to do more clinical things, and in the future, maybe you want to get into hospital administration. So that's something um, I've definitely heard a couple of people mention doing their rotations, and it makes perfect sense to me if you ask. So just enjoy the experience the best you can. Um, embrace it. There'll be some challenging times and good times, but I'm sure both of you will excel. You'll do great. You'll probably get straight A's during rotations, and um, it's just really whatever you want to do from there, whether it's a fellowship or a residency, community, getting a job right out of pharmacy school, whatever decision you all make, I'm sure it'll work out in your favor. So just enjoy it, I would say, honestly. And then is there any last minute um, comments that you guys would like to make or any questions for Sean and I before we let you off the hook? No, I'm I'm don't have any questions. I know you guys are always, you know, open for us to ask questions too, which we always love and appreciate. Ever since first year, you guys have always been great resources for us. And um, especially now that you guys are residents on residencies, um, that'll be something that when it gets to be my time for that, when I'm applying, y'all know I'm be hitting you up because <laughs> I'm going to have a million questions. I mean, I already asked you guys about rotation, so you guys already know. <laughs> Yep, and I'll be there too, you know, hand, hand y'all up and speed dial, yo. <laughs> but no, I truly, I'm like Rachel, me, me and Rachel are truly appreciate having you two here to help guide us through, like, I, I know, like, I know, and she knows, like, whenever we have any questions regarding, like, pharmacy or anything above that, we reach out to y'all, and y'all have been tremendous in helping us guide us through our career paths in pharmacy, and that's, 
amazing. I can, I think we both of us thank you both from the very bottom of our hearts. Like, thank you for so much for mentoring us through this process. You guys are welcome. You know, we care about both of y'all. We love mentoring others. We love being a service to people. So anybody listening that has any questions, even if you don't know us, please don't hesitate to reach out. Sean and I try to answer those questions to the best of our abilities. And if we don't know, well, we probably know a pharmacist or somebody that's gone through a similar experience that we can definitely refer you to to gain some advice on things. So please feel free to follow us, like us on, on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, we do have our linked tree. So to where you can find us on LinkedIn and you can reach out to us on Facebook um, from there as well. Like I said a thousand times, please, please, please feel free to reach out to us. Sean's available. I'm available. We're busier now than we were in the past. So it might be a while before we respond back. Um, I tell people 48 hours. Sean's probably busier than me. So we're going to say we're going to give Sean 72 hours to respond back to messages. Let you all feel easy there, Sean. <laughs> three business days. Three business days. Yes, three business days for Sean. Two business days for me. And if I don't respond, please message me again because I probably read it. And I'm horrible for doing this. I read it and I thought I respond and then I don't respond. So Same. You can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can double message me. Please feel free. You're not bothering me. I probably forgot. So that's on me, but definitely feel free to reach out. Any way that we can be a service, we definitely want to help you all out. Uh, thank you, Rachel and Alvin, for, for coming on and kind of sharing your thoughts and experiences from your hippie and kind of leading into your future career goals. I know. Not everybody's going to be as transparent with things going on in their in their personal lives and you know time management, et cetera, career goals um, as well. But thank you all for being willing to share that information with everybody listening and, and kind of allow others to realize that it's okay to be in those shoes. I think a lot of times when you don't hear people speak about the situations they're in, you don't know if it's normal. You kind of feel like you're the outsider and and it's you're not as sure about things as everybody else seems to be or appears to be so by you by you all doing this it i think it definitely be beneficial for your classmates and, and the other underclassmen or even pharmacists that are unsure about what they want to do and be able to kind of transition to. thank you all for sharing and with that i i think this is it i think we're, we got off easy today sean they didn't ask us any any tough questions I know. I'm so used to all these uh, presentations where I just get asked so many questions at the end and they were just mm -hmm. so nice to us. So mm -hmm. appreciate that. Steve, you guys are <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. We <laughs> need it. <laughs> yeah, we need it. Definitely. Um, and until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. We got, let's see, we got, we got some, we got some things cooking up. We got some potential pharmacists that, that hopefully they'll say yes to an interview that uh, will definitely provide some content. Definitely thinking about trying to do some more top, like some type of topic discussions on the podcast too, to provide some clinical knowledge to y'all. Um, so be on the lookout for that coming soon and be on the lookout for some pharmacy infographics that we'll start preparing too on Instagram. So until next time.